All right, ladies and gentlemen, sitting down with two of the greatest minds in hockey. That is Jamie Annecy and Kyle Outridge. It's the roundtable for the junior edition. We're talking about the Cole Harbor Colts. We're bringing it to the forefront. Last week, we talked about two big games for the Cole Harbor Colts against the Sackville Blazers and the Brookfield Elks. They came out one and one. Uh, you know what? They're not at 500 yet, but they're working their way towards it. We'll talk about the Valley game coming up. First things first, I want to talk about the Sackville game. I want to know what you guys thought. They went into that game. It was a rivalry game. It was a game we wanted to win. Obviously, position ourselves better in the standings. Um, and again, it looked like we came out a little flat. Um, you know, we tried to bring the energy, tried to bring the fight. But a, game, a team against Sackville, man, they got the players. And calling that game and watching them, they were able to dance and control the puck a lot throughout that game. And I'm wondering, I'll start with you, Jamie. What do you think about that game? And where did it go wrong for the Colts on last Friday night? Well, we talked about it last Friday prior to that game starting. Um, we can't be in the box first. We can't be down first. And and lo and behold, <laughs> we were down first in, in, in the penalty box, uh, down to nothing uh, really early. And uh, as you uh, seen from my from my interview in the second intermission, that uh, you know the guys didn't uh, stay out of the box. They weren't disciplined and. Uh, Sackville pounces on their opportunities, and uh, you know it. Um, it goes to show that when, as Kyle alluded to, teams don't stay in the box, stay out of the box. Uh, teams like Sackville will pounce on their opportunities very quickly. So that basically sums up the whole the whole game. And uh, I was in the room, and the guys were just down on themselves. You can't get on the refs' back because the ref, the refs had that game planned uh, before it even started so um, it is what it is and Mac had some strong words uh, regards to the referees and uh, you, you can't get on on the referees back you really just got to play cold hockey and and uh, Jonathan and Justin will explain it throughout the rest of the season on, on how they want to see their players play and that's the game they have to play and uh, you guys see it for yourself so I don't have to I don't really have to get into much more detail. Um, and we'll talk about the Valley game here shortly. So uh, that's all I really have to say about the, the Sackville matchup. What do you think, Kyle? Well, I, I'm, I, I watched the, I watched a bit of the game, and I, I remember I followed up after with the, and I think I was like six or seven penalties for the Colts, I think they had. And <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I wrote some of them down, actually, because it, it made me wonder. Like, you got roughing, roughing. Uh, unsportsmanlike, you know what I mean? And these are the exact same things we talked about, right? Like, you, you got to be able to keep your head in these moments, and when you're, especially when you're playing in a heated rivalry, uh, you know, a team that you really want to get up on. Um, like I said, the best way to beat them is on the scoreboard, and, um, I mean, unfortunately, it, it didn't it didn't happen like that. I mean, uh, what, what, what was the Sackville scored three before the Colts answered? Um, but you know what I mean? If and that's all in the first period. So if you could have mounted, you know, stayed out of the box and mounted a comeback, I think they would have fared out better. But what was the shots were 41-27 for Sackville. Um, you know, hanging pretty much hanging your goalie out to dry, you know, on the power play. And like you said, Jamie, Sackville, they, they can control the puck. They, they know how to move the puck. Uh, they know how to operate. They know how to keep possession. Um, and, and it showed. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, um, as, as, as a fan of Cole Harbor, I hate to, hate to admit it, but... Uh, I mean, they, they didn't look like they had much much comeback or much uh, much fight other than fighting, you know, the wrong way and not on the scoreboards. 
So see, my uh, my big know, problem against that. But uh, you know, again, these are things you learn from, right? I mean, it it sucks that it's a shortened season, but hopefully they can figure it out. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good look. My big problem with the Sackville game was, uh, you know, in calling it, was watching the fact the Sackville bench. It really, and if you listen to the broadcast, especially throughout the second and third period, the things they were saying and the things they were doing, I don't know if they would get away with that in any other league. Um, You know, and I'm not sitting here criticizing the officials. I know they have a tough job to do. But some of the things, and I said this to you, Kyle, you know, when we were talking via DM, and I said this to you, Jamie, down at the rink. I mean, some of those things are crossing several lines. And I mean, nothing that would get you in, you know, suspension trouble. But you'd think a ref would skate over and tell them to settle it down. I mean, I know there's getting in your, you know, another team's head and making the noises and being loud. That stuff's fine. But, you know, the stupid things they were saying, the juvenile things they were saying, and especially with kids and stuff, able to hear it in that type of rink and atmosphere, you'd think as a referee you would calm that down and nip it in the butt. And, you know, Cole Harbour responded in the wrong way. Like you said, Kyle, not on the scoreboard, but they responded in roughing. And you had the goaltender taking a penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct for chirping back at a player and, you know, going back and forth and things like that. So Sackville was obviously in their minds living rent-free on Friday night. It absolutely sucked, but I wanted to see the ref come over and calm that Sackville bench down a little bit with some of the things they were saying. Now, it's great psychological warfare. That's what you want to do. You want to get under your opponent's skin, but there are lines and there are ways to do it, and I think they crossed that line a little bit too much on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can you always wish the ref would step in and do something or or, or say something, and, and and not saying they probably didn't. You know, like I mean, you, your goalie, your goalie's chirping back because your goalie's frustrated. I mean, your goalie's getting peppered shots left, right, and center. Like, what did he say? Seventeen shots in the first period. Like, he's getting annoyed. He wants to win, but he can only do so much, right? I mean, I can understand him chirping, but I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to who's got the cooler heads and who can who can play that mind game. Because let's be honest, man, it happens at every level of hockey. And we can't hear it usually because, you know, they, they, they mute mics in the NHL or in the AHL with the OHL. It's all the same thing. If you're at the game, man, you hear the chirping. More, usually not so much because there's more fans. And that's the downside to being in a, in a barn, especially with no fans at all or, or limited fans. You're going to hear those chirps. And, I mean, to us, people on the outside are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what are you doing? But put yourself in the, in the mindset, the heat of the battle. Uh, let's, let's, not be, let's not kid ourselves. It's going back and forth. And, I mean... Sackville had the upper hand, so I mean it, it. It's so it's such a fine line, and I mean it's tough on refs. Like refs, they have they have so many things to take care of in junior hockey as it is. I mean fighting after the whistle, this that, everything else, and you know what I mean. Like they let the kids chirp because at that age, like they're gonna do it regardless. Uh, you know what I mean? Do you want to see them as a home team? The refs step in definitely, one hundred percent. You hope it would happen. You hope it would get get them going, whatever the case may be, but. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to be able to play through that stuff. It's only going to get harder, and it's only going to get worse as the years go on. I mean, you're, you're going to get into higher levels, and guys are going to know how to get under your skin, and it's going to happen. I mean, I, I was one of those guys, man. You say one trip to me, and I'm, I'm fueled. I'm ready to go. Like, <laughs> I'm chasing you around the ice at that point, right? But, I mean, you got to remember, there's 16 to 18 to 20-year-old kids. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to tell them to stop. It's hard to control that. You just got to be the better team to be able to. And be able to play through it, right? So, but, but, Brad Marchand. Sorry, Kyle. Continue. No, go ahead, 
Brad Marchand lives off that type of stuff. I find he gets better. When people start getting under his skin and start saying things to him, Brad Marchand's a better hockey player. He loves well, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and, that, fuels and, and, that fu- and you hit the nail on the head. That fuels the fire. Some, exactly. some guys don't know that. But when you fire up Brad Marchand, he is a thousand times better on that ice and more effective when he is when he is tripped at and picked at. And he just says, you know what? I, I This is what I live for. And he's on Team Canada for a reason. When there's World Junior, or sorry, World Cup, or any, uh, any opportunity he gets to put on that Team Canada jersey, he's there. GMs want him on it on their team for a reason. And he, he gets fueled up by that stuff. And um, just one other side note, they have, they have the penalties on the Junior B website mixed up. Um, the times are all kind of mixed up. But when Jessam took that unsportsmanlike penalty, yeah. why, why didn't the other player get – he was tied up with uh, Donovan Sear there. Why didn't both of those guys go to the penalty box? And jo- that's one thing Jonathan mentioned. Like He was curious. Why didn't both guys go to the box? And Jessam went and – and you knew it was going to happen. Sackville pounced on that opportunity, and I think we get we got the the, the wrong end of that uh, that call. But I think both of those guys should have went to the box. So I I don't blame Justin from getting that penalty. The two others were roughing, and when you look at the penalty penalties, um, Sackville took most of the penalties, and they were coincidental for the most part. So we just didn't capitalize on the opportunities and going over seven in the previous game versus Liverpool that's 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 un, it's, uh, that's unnecessary and again um, I'm not blaming not having Josh Moore um, I will reveal some good news which uh, came out of Tuesday night's practice um, but uh, not having a, a bona fide quarterback yes Crosley has that junior A experience is a very good defenseman um, but you can't rely on one guy back in, and like it, you can't rely on Stubbsy or Stubbsy, sorry. And it, it, the, the guys are just beside themselves in the room, and they, there was no spark because um, I strongly believe that they let the refs get to them, and, and you can't, you need to work through the diversity, and you really need to, to bear down and just you know play cold hockey. Justin and Jonathan and Ryan, three smart individuals. And there was a bit of uh, chirpiness in the Liverpool soccer game on Monday night, and Liverpool came out came out on that game. They're a very chippy team, and they pounced on their opportunities, and they won five three when uh, Saka was in the penalty box. So it goes to show when you're in the box, it, it's not going to help your team. And look at Liverpool; they beat Saka on Monday night. So different story for another day, but. Ultimately, you, you got to be disciplined and not let the refs get to you. So that pretty much, in my opinion, sums up that uh, Friday night tilt. Well, you look at yeah, the Friday night tilt versus Sackville. You look oh, at yeah. the game against Brookfield. So we'll go to the the second game of the weekend, and they were able to eke out a victory in the third period. I mean, I wasn't able to be a part of the uh, the traveling entourage for that one, but I was keeping up on the score and keeping up on things. And you look at the players that got on the board against Brookfield. And it was Sutton, you know, with uh, two goals. It was Cole Good, uh, Will McRae, you know, picking up points as he's going along, coming back here. Two more assists. Tyler Puma, a couple more assists. You know, you got Hunter Canning with a goal. So you look at the players that you need to get producing, and I've been really, really adamant about the high school connection line and getting that rolling and going. 
You know, I've dubbed it that line for a reason. They've had great chemistry. So to see those three players on the board with points doing well is what you want. But again, another game for the Colts where they're playing from behind, you know, which is where you don't want to be. But credit to Josh MacArthur, Big Mac, you know, stepping up and now is 2-0 and on the season. And Jamie and Kyle, I'll get you to talk to this too. You look at what's going on so far this season and Big Mac's got the two wins for the team. Do you turn to MacArthur and pick up another victory here? Or do you start, you know, thinking maybe in Coltsland we got a little bit of a goaltending controversy? I know everybody wants Mason to be the starter, but if you're getting good results out of a guy, do you not roll with the hot hand? Um, I, I will start. Um, me being behind the scenes, uh, away from com- our conversations, I do get the the in coach coaching room conversation. And yes, Mason's own three, and yes, MacArthur's got a two and zero record versus Brookfield, but they are the weaker team, and uh, I I would not change the goalie rotation whatsoever. Uh, we're going. We're probably probably going back with Mason this tomorrow night. Hundred, That's my gut feeling. Now, what Justin decides to do, that's up to Justin. I back him up 110%, but 100% we go with Mason tomorrow night. We've just got to uh, play better cold hockey against the teams that are above us. Uh, we've got East Tants, we've got the Valley, we've got some big opponents coming up. And you alluded to uh, before the, the Saturday tilt versus Brookfield, it might be a bit of an easier uh, game being against Brookfield. But like I said, and it was proven in the game, we did. I was we were I was a little worried. Like I texted you and said we were down, we're down, and we came back. And I was a bit bit scared, but you can't take Brookfield lightly in the Don Henderson Memorial Arena. You, you just can't. And it was proven uh, we were down last year and went to overtime. We win 5-3. One player that's gotten better, he's finally got his legs back after quarantine, coming back from Ontario. Damian Sutton is from Ontario. Um, He looked looked, uh, great in practice, and I heard a lot of good things um, from him in that Saturday tilt versus Brookfield with two goals. And congratulations to Greg Pike with his first... uh, his first goal with uh, with the Colts, and uh, like you said, the, that good uh, Canning and Puma line—they're not always playing together, but man, they're just—you know—that's something to look forward to in the future. And uh, we didn't take a lot of penalties. There was only uh, six penalties total in the, all that game, and uh, you know, it's it's up to Justin whether. Uh, MacArthur or Mason played tomorrow night, but my gut feeling that uh, we, we, we go with Mason 100%. We've just got to produce uh, a lot better when we play those tougher teams that are above us. And we don't want to finish in fourth. We just don't want to say, oh, well, we'll finish before Brookfield in the Valley. I swear in the next month or so, Valley's going to have three three wins or so before the break. That They're always going to go. And <laughs> it's going to come quicker than you think. So, uh, we can't take the Valley lightly. They've got a strong team, and uh, Durnford is uh, just as good as Mason, as, as uh, maybe equal. So it's going to be a tough, tough game, and uh, there's players on our team that have friends on that team. So it's going to it's going to be an interesting tilt, and 
But I'm I'm strongly believer that Mason goes and once he gets that first win, then I, and I think that's the the the, the game that's going to really get us going, and we're going to be top two hundred percent before that Christmas break. So, what do you think, Kyle? Well, it's tough. I mean, you know, when you got a goaltender that has a has a has a better record against uh, against another team, I mean, you you wanna you wanna put him in there. Um, but I mean, he's just Mason's your starter. I mean, you gotta ride him. You gotta hope that you know. Like, let, let, let's go back to it. Like he faced forty-seven shots. I mean, at the end of the day, you're you're letting your goalie hit him be hit almost fifty times. And you know, I, I mean. There's not many goalies in junior leagues that are going to stop, you know, all 50 shots or 47 shots. I mean, you're going to, you know, the thing is, is like I said when in the last little bit there is the the, the Colts. Sorry, the Colts never really mounted a comeback. I mean, you scored that first goal after they scored three in the first period, and then nothing. You know what I mean? Like it's. Uh, you're not really giving your goalie any fighting chance. I mean, when your goalie feels that the score is, like, you know, within reach, he's going to keep you in the game. You know what I mean? Things are going to go differently. You're going to play differently. Um, you know, Satville, they're going to play differently. They're going to squeeze a little bit more. You know what I mean? So when you're not scoring, it doesn't matter what else is going on. You need to score. If you can't score at five on five, you're not going to win hockey games. And when you're taking penalties over the other team, and they could score on the power play. Well, you're giving them the opportunity, so you can't hang that on your goaltender, especially in junior hockey. And I've, I've, like, I've seen it. Like, you know, I'm a, you know, you know me. I'm a big guy in junior hockey. I'm all over, it, and I see it all the time. Coaches are so quick to pull the trigger on switching their goalies. You know what I mean? Oh no, he just needs to get out. No, man, you need to let him stay in there. He needs to battle. He needs, he yeah, needs that first W too. When then, like, like you just said, like. When he gets that first W, look out. Like, he's going to be feeling it because he yeah. wants it. And, you know, he's probably in there going, Coach, I need it. I want to be in that net. And you got to let him go. And, and just before you get in, yeah, and I'm sure he is. I, I'm like, you know, and I'm, I have no doubt that this kid probably wants it more than anything. But, you know, you got, you might put him on a short leash. Uh, you can definitely you can definitely do that. And you can talk to him. Like, I mean, I've seen coaches go and say, look, you haven't been playing hot. We, we need wins. We're going to let you start. But, you know what I mean? You, you gotta, you, we gotta, and but that also goes on your team, right? So your team's gotta produce in front of them. Your team can't be letting fifty shots through. Your team's gotta be more disciplined. Gotta be playing defense. Defense wins hockey games at the end of the day. If you can stop the puck and move the puck up the other way, the other team ain't scoring goals, right? So I mean, it sucks when you want to hang it on your goalie and say, "Well, you need to change." I mean, don't get me wrong. I, when the goalie's not doing well, you gotta change him. But I don't see it as being his fault, and I don't think it's it's right to pull him yet. But I would have him on a short leash if I was the coach. I mean, you get down a couple goals, and even and it also you also got to go to the type of goals. I mean, are they scoring garbage goals or are they scoring beauty? I mean, if your goalie's getting beat hand down on passing plays where he has no chance, well then what? You, you know what I mean? That's on your defense. That's on your five guys in front of you. You know, we see it with the Maple Leafs all the time. I'll go to the NHL right now. We see it with the Leafs all the time. We get on Freddie Anderson because he doesn't stop. You know, three goals, but. Two of those three goals are bang bang goals. He doesn't even have a chance to see it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So how do you like? And that's the fine line with goalies. It's so hard because you know you got to literally read the goalie and read the game and then be in the goalie's head at the same time. It's it's hard. It's so hard, right? So I mean, I hope he just hasn't been able to prove himself in the playoffs. He just has nobody's. 
Leafland is so impatient. Like we talked about this in in the summertime, James. Like the, I'm on Leaf Nation Facebook page, and you know, that's the, the, <laughs> the, yeah. And talk to Steve Dangle. Nope, look, they they throw Eddie. They, they're just wait. Who's the next guy they're going to want to throw under the bus? I, I don't see it. Like they they actually maybe have a legit team. They're they're top two in the Canadian division, hundred percent, and be, maybe be. Below Vancouver or Montreal, I'm no. This is a Leafs talk, um, but I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid to say this. I think the Montreal Canadiens win the Stanley Cup before the Leafs. Now the Toronto oh, Maple Leafs will say. <laughs> well, that's just my gut feeling. I, I can't just be any team on board. <laughs> I know, but Boston does not win a Stanley Cup in the next twelve years. So that's a that's a good thing. And Toronto wins the Stanley Cup. They'll win two or three before uh, Boston ever wins one again. We're going off topic, but the back to the Anderson thing. You know they they can't. They got to be patient. They threw Aki Berg under the bus. The Gardner <laughs> Expressway. The Gardner Expressway joke is still ongoing. Ken Reed talks about it every time he comes here for Heart and Stroke. Oh, Gardner Expressway, and you know, and just, I'm not in the city. Jen lives in the city. She can see it for herself, but. I I just like to know who actually lives in the city of Toronto that knows hockey that's saying we need to get rid of this guy or we need to get rid of this guy. Um, it goes for our team too. I am not in the position whatsoever to throw anybody under the bus. Mason's a warrior. Yes, we have a young defense. We have majority of our guys are two oh two two thousand two birth two thousand two births coming out of high school. It took Josh Moore. A year and a half at a high school, Lockview High School, standout to get his junior B wings. We've just really got to be patient. And I was thrown into the wolves there during the second intermission when I spoke to James, and we had a laugh Tuesday night at practice. And they're like, "Well, we can't let the game get the eight-one." I really meant to say we can't let the game get out of hand, and we, it will never get out of hand because Mason is a bona fide number one goaltender. I'd go to battle. And I I would love to see him win a Don Johnson. I would take him on the top five goalies. Listen, I'm not sitting here and saying anything bad about Mason, guys. Listen, I'm not saying anything bad about Mason at all. But what I'm saying is, right now with this Colts team, you look at the division, you look at the amount of games you have. It's a shortened season. I'm not saying he's not your starter. What I'm saying is where you need to get points and when you need to get points... You have to yeah. ride a hot hand. And I know Mason will play yeah. himself out of it. I've seen it before, and I talked about it on the broadcast, that they want him to come out of it. They want him to play out of it. But where you have such a condensed schedule and such a limited opportunity to get points. You look at this weekend. Okay, you look at this weekend, for instance, you have Liverpool playing East Hants. If you pick up a victory against the Maple Leafs here, the Valley Maple Leafs, you put yourself ahead of them in the standings this weekend. You give yourself that opportunity to leapfrog them and be ahead of them. Jamie, you just said you don't. they don't want to finish in fourth place. They want to finish up higher. There's your opportunity. And I'm not saying that Mason isn't your guy going forward. But right now where you have a team that is looking for something to latch on to confidence-wise. They have that right now in a guy who's gotten them two wings. They have that right now in a Will McRae who's come back and done well. Sutton's come back, done well. The high school connection line played great last game. So you have some mo going. All I'm saying is if you have lightning in a bottle, you keep that lightning in a bottle and you try to propel it forward 
just a little bit more. Just to give yeah. yourself that breathing room. If you can get yourself to 500, it's a whole new ball game. It's a whole yeah. new ball game for your season. And then, then start your Mason. Then work it back because then the guys have confidence. The legs are there. The feeling is there. You're no longer, you know, going into the weekend before we played Brookfield, we were one and three. Imagine that feeling in your gut. One and three. You pick up the win against Brookfield, you're two and three. You pick up a victory against the Valley Maple Leafs, you're three and three. Being back at even keel, and you guys know this, between the ears is the most important part for a goaltender and hockey players. If the confidence is not there from the goalie to his D, from the D to the forward core to come back and support, you're not going to get much out of it. And we've seen it in the Leafs under Babcock. If you want to circle that wagon right now, you can easily see the fact that they had no confidence in their D, no confidence in the forwards, and they were playing listless, mindless hockey. On the ice. It's the way they were doing it. And you don't want that for the Colts. Like I said, in a regular season, Jamie, I would be all for running Mason out there and letting him get his legs and letting him get his game and let him figure it out because it will come. You're right, it will. But this season is so short and we talked about yeah. it off the hop. Points are so hard to come by. You need to grab them when you have opportunities. And if you have a guy who's able to get you wins, you're talking about easy competition. Well, Brookfield was easy competition for MacArthur. So is the Valley right now. Not saying anything bad about the Valley, but they're 0-4 on the season. They have a goal differential. You look at the goals for is 6 for them, 15 against. So they're not scoring goals. So, I mean, really, I guess you could put Mason in, but I, I still, in my heart of hearts, will go with the hot hand until you're at even keel and then start running things back the way you want them. But that's just the way I would do it. Yeah, you got to look at the, like you said, you got a young team too, right? A lot of O2s, I mean, that's a lot of young minds. Uh, it's different when you got some, you know, 2000s, uh, you know, you got some overagers, whatever the case, where that can lead the way and, you know, get this, get the things going in the right direction. But as you said, Jay, I mean, you're you're on a shortened season. You don't have time. Like, you don't have that time to, to get your legs wet. Like, you're now at the point where you're looking at, like, yeah, we need every point to get back to even keel and then figure out how we can work our way back in. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's going to be hard. I mean, you're not scoring. And, I, and you look at the score, like, I mean, what was the first game? The first game, we lit it up. And then, you know what I mean? It's Like you said last the last time we chatted, it's it's been flat. You know, there's there's one or two guys scoring, um, and, but you're not getting production. And, I mean, when, when teams know you're a younger team and you're you're having t- a tough time scoring and getting, getting offense going, <laughs> I mean, you're beating yourself. And, I mean, uh, at this point, I mean, you could probably, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, like, you're the other goalie, he's, he's 2-0, and, he, you know, easier competition. Who's easier? Any night, any team shows up. Oh, for sure. Anybody, right? And it's junior hockey. I mean, there's so many intangibles. A kid has a bad day. You never know, right? Like, it, it's it's all over the place, so it's so hard. Um, I mean, for Mason, I hope he gets a chance to get back in there. I hope he gets that chance to, you know, stand on his head and, and get that W. But as, as you said, I mean, it's it's hard. You're at that. Like, what's the season this this this, this year? What game? How many games? 20, 20, games? 20 game season. 20 you're, games, and, and this is game, game six. Like, well, you don't have time to mess around. You don't have time to mess around. Like, and you know, and, that, and that's it. Like, you know, so now it becomes a bigger picture thing. Like, we're you know, you're four, five, six games in. What are you gonna do? You got to You got to start getting points. You're running out of time, right? So. Um, I mean, I guess that's why we're not coaches, and I guess that's why the coaches get paid. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a tough one. I mean, you got a young team; they got to score. But if you're not scoring, you're not going to score. You're not going to win games. So um, I mean, we'll see how they. Like, hopefully, this is just pissing these boys off, and 
You know, hopefully it fires him right up and they go just run through the end boards on this, on, on this, you know, on the bow. You, 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 you play Mason tomorrow night for the sole reason it gives him, gives him ice time. He hasn't played in two weeks and he actually wasn't there on the weekend. He had an obligation to, to do. And uh, so, and it was, Mason was going to play anyways, but you give Mason the game tomorrow night for the sole reason. You got a big game the following week against these tents. So it gives, it gets Mason back in the game game shape. You don't want him two weeks off and then going into East Pants. So you give him the game tomorrow night. That helps him tune up for the game ahead, which is on the 27th versus East Pants. So, yeah, Valley has four or five guys with uh, 12, 12 points out of the four games. Um, a 20-man roster. Yeah, there's, there's, but there's that East Pants game they played that they lost 2-1 at home. They played a tough game. They're going to be a tough team tomorrow night. A lot tougher than Brookfield, um, and a lot more scoring. And and you can't you can't uh, you can't uh, I can't think of the word, but I was talking. You can't count them out. No, no, no. Aiden Dirdford, uh, guy was saying on Tuesday during practice, a solid goaltender. His four oh two goals against average is just. It shouldn't be at that number, but 820 save percentage. He's a better goalie than what his numbers show. He's going to come out very strong, and it's, it's going to be a closer game than what you saw last year when it was 7-4, and, and Jonathan had mentioned, you know, is the team not making the playoffs? This team is not out of the playoffs yet, and this Valley team is going to it's going to be a closer game than you think, and uh, Unless, you know, we bust it open and it turns out to be another 11-1 whitewash. But I don't see it happening. I see it maybe being 5-3 for us. And uh, that's just my opinion. And Durnford's going to have a, a solid game because uh, guys were talking about it in practice. And, and there's a lot of friends on that side. And don't count those guys out. And uh, you'll see three or four wins from them, from the, that team before that break. There's... Uh, month or so left and and, and there's some tough back-to-back coming up so yeah Mac's gonna have to be thrown in into the wolves at some point and uh this is how it works now with the 20 game season shortened COVID season so um I just think Mason's at a higher level uh, as far as competitiveness with hockey so um you go with the, the your number one goaltender and uh that's just the way it is at this point. And, and, and MacArthur's got a lot more years left than Mason. Mason's 2000, so he's got this year and next year to prove. And I hope uh, Mac can really uh, learn from Mason. And then um, and two years from now, MacArthur's the number one. So I, thought, I, thought, I think 2000 are overagers, are they not? Yeah, for next year. Mason, we, we would have three overagers next year. We had Mason coming back. Uh, Crosley and Josh Moore would be our three overagers for next year, and yeah. and um, MacArthur's going to be might be able to prove himself uh, once uh, Mason departs next year. So it's not over for MacArthur, and, and and like I said, we've got a one one A one B situation, and no way I think MacArthur's a a two two A. It's a one B revolving door, as Ryan mentioned. It's uh, we're going to go back and forth, and we're going to go with the. Uh, with what the coaches believe is the right decision, and that's that's uh, that's cold hockey, man. It's been it's been printed in the in the concrete, and uh, if the guys don't want to play cold hockey, then 
then, uh, you know, it's junior C maybe for them or a different team. So um, we've just got to be really patient with the defense. And that's, and we, we've got to stay off the rest and not let them get to us. And that's what really hurt us the last game. And uh, we've got to come out strong, and it's got to be a quick start. We've got to get on top of them quick and, uh, and play 60 minutes. And it's going to be a closer game than you think. Well, let me put That's it like this. For the Valley game, so. I'm going to put the old hashtag prediction season hat on, Kyle. I'm going to oh, sit yeah. here and I'm going to say you're going to see a big game from Double D, Dougie Darnell. You're going to see a good game from Mr. Will McCray. And you're going to see Mr. Tyler Puma get on the board as well as the Cole Harbor Colts pick up a 6-2 to victory over the Valley <laughs> Maple Leafs tomorrow night. <laughs> And leapfrog the East Hans Penguins, who I feel will lose to the Liverpool. And that will set Cole Harbour up for a great matchup against East Hans with a lot on the line. I cannot wait to talk about it next week. Gentlemen, it's already been over 30 minutes. It's amazing to sit down with you guys. It's a little bit of a different feel. Obviously, this is not a Friday night chat. If you're listening to this, you wouldn't have known that. But we're going to throw that out there late on a Thursday night, getting her squeezed in. But I want to say this as well. You know, we're looking forward to all the Colts hockey, and now we're looking forward to the NHL. Hopefully, something can come along there. Guys, we're not going to update it every single week. Um, when something comes concrete, we'll talk about it. Uh, right now, it seems like a lot of bickering and a lot of things going on for money, escrow, and players losing more money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's not what we're up for. That's not what we're in for. But I want to ask Mr. Anesty and then Mr. Outridge what they have on the hopper coming up for their shows. And, of course, here for the big offside thing, we had Nick Kiprios on. We have James Sabalski. Yeah. We have Brad Lieb next week. We have Ian Moran coming. A bunch of former NHLers jumping on. What do you got going on there, Mr. Uh, Anesty? Who's on your radar and who's coming on your side of the uh, the offside docket? I, I had a busy day, actually. It was quite funny. I had a busy day on, on the Zoom. I, I almost got... Uh, well, it's actually a funny story. It's November 19th, um, as you, you guys might have seen on Twitter, Shane Corson is sleeping outside tonight uh, because it's uh, Covenant House uh, supports local youth and homeless. And uh, I was almost thrown out the door today because I spent a little bit too much time on Zoom, uh, but did get to go to Home Depot and get some flooring. So, yeah, so I I, uh, I, I, uh, I still got that that done today so i'm okay i'm not sleeping outside um but i i had some cool interviews today they'll they'll drop the uh, i got an early morning so they'll drop pretty soon i had uh, some uh, guys who uh, work with uh u18 hockey teams here in nova scotia it's a showcase tournament this weekend um because of no monk tony and and we talked about uh we talked about that, and I had uh, I had Eric Har- Harachuk on today, uh, who is the uh, spokesperson for Harachuk Strong. So that was a big delight for me to do that, and uh, that's already on the Twitter the Twitter account. And uh, had some Junior V talk this week, which will drop soon. And uh, I talked to Daniel McDonald today with the uh, Cape Breton West Islanders in the U18 Hockey League. Uh, big uh, weekend ahead with. Uh, it's a showcase tournament, so scouts can watch the players, and uh, and maybe they'll go to the queue someday. So it, that was uh, a busy day for me, and uh, still got to go to Home Depot and figure out some flooring with the misses. So it was a good day overall. So 
Kipper, Kipper was a good chat. We got a lot of in. I mean, wow. it's always good to, to talk to to people in the industry, obviously, and then put the post out tonight. They were uh, gracious enough to send over a copy of Undrafted, so I'll be uh, chewing on that this weekend uh, when we're away, and very, very excited for that. Then we got James Sabalski tomorrow talking about NHL 21, so that's going to drop. Um, then next week, like I said, we got Ian Moran shaping up. We got Brad Lieb coming on, former Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, you know, the list is getting bigger, guys. We gotta we gotta take this next level and there's some things coming in the in the hopper here. Hopefully uh, yep. a big keynote sponsor about to sign on. Um can't wait to uh, put the final touches on the, that deal and let you guys know and we might be taking things in the Rod Peterson level, man. We might be having a little bit of a sit down kinda studio format jamie and uh that's something i was trying to allude to today with you guys so we will see what happens but uh a lot of t's and a lot of i's to dot before we uh we get to that point but things are coming things are making their way he had rick five on today and i was gonna ask i wanted to ask a question for both of you guys we don't have time because it might uh cause a 20 minute debate just 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 sleep on this uh for the both of you guys who is the all-time best leap? Now, Rick Five is the only Maple Leaf in, in history to score 50 goals. So, and uh, Gary Lehman scored 50 for one year, and Dave Anderchuk scored twice, two, two years, 50 goals. So let's start at 40 goals because Matt Sundin scored 41 as a leap, but 47 as a Quebec Nordique. James and Kyle, who are your top leaps? Top five, top ten leads that scored forty plus goals. Sleep on it, and and I'll put the I'm gonna drop the poll now when we when we complete this conversation. I'm gonna drop the poll on offside hockey, and um, it was on Rob Peterson today. I put dropped it on their Twitter, and uh, Rob Peterson had Rick Five on today, and uh, what a what a doozy that was. So yeah, um, to be like uh, Rod Peterson, who I've looked up to, and and have like a, a in studio or you know in ring thing, man. That that's huge. And uh, having Kipper on today, that that just blows the doors open. And I, I don't want to compete with James. He's do he's does a much better job presenting himself than I do. But hey, man, like uh, I'm getting my guys, uh, and Kyle's getting his, and James is getting his guys. And to have Kipper on today, I want and. Uh, I I smoked a Willie Pallock today, huge in the hockey scene here in Halifax. Uh, Jason Podolin, uh has his own show. He's uh, 
he reached out today and, and wants to talk and um, love to have uh, love to have Chris Nyland on. I, I've looked up to him with uh, all sorts of different uh, abuses, alcohol and uh, all other abuses that people go through. Love to have him on, but um, the horizon is definitely big. But let's continue and take a small step. So. No, we're definitely going to get it done, buddy. This is Team Offside. That's why we do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Offside Hockey Talk, the Colts edition, Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. 